All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans sponsored by Lion Bolt Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and feature titan for today, all the way from Winchester, California, David Serpa. David, it's an honor, it's a pleasure. I cannot wait to jump in. I'm excited about talking to you today, Greg. I appreciate the format and uh, any opportunity to talk to your audience. So thank you for having me on. No, this is, this is an honor and a pleasure on our end, and I can't wait to really go through. So let's just start with the first question when it comes down to it, David, is telling everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, that's what the, one of the big things is kind of where to start, I guess, initially. But yeah. uh, jump, I'm California, born and raised. Hmm. Um, I started off sort of my business career really in the Marine Corps as a machine gunner. Um, I got out in order to sort of fill that void within me that I felt that was lacking from the brotherhood of getting out of the Marine Corps. I jumped into real estate and just really jumped into it. Uh, I made over $100,000 in my first year, $35,000 or so in my second month. Um, Everybody kept saying more, more, more. I got into coaching. Hmm. Grew my team out to 28, got ownership in a brokerage, which became the number one brokerage in the region. Hmm. Um, you know, I was making a, over $600,000 a year. And then sort of the, I just sort of felt like I wasn't really happy. It wasn't really sustaining me. Hmm. And so I kept questing for more, thinking that if I sacrifice today for tomorrow, I might find some answers there. Huh. And what I realized was there was no answers there. And so oh, wow. I sort of started this crash which a lot of people are going through right now with COVID-19. Right. The spiritual breakdown and uh, business breakdown. And I decided to break it down entirely and decide what do I want going forward? And uh-huh. so now you introduced me originally as uh, top 1% in the, in the nation. Sure. At one point, that was true. Hmm. You know, we were doing a lot of business for years and years. And then I just decided I don't want that ever hmm. again. It wasn't enhancing me at some point it was too much. So that's my introduction. It, you know, throughout the course of that, I wrote several books and, uh, went very internal as I am, uh, an introvert naturally and, uh, decided to start rebuilding again, uh, probably about a year and some change ago. Unbelievable. And, and again, there was a lot of information into there for people to really get to know you. And, and first and foremost, thank you so much for your service. You know, when you're talking about the Marine Corps um, and being a veteran, that's a, that's a huge thing, um, you know, for everybody who's watching or listening, especially in our country. Um, when we're talking about from the transition to from that to civilian life, and then when you're looking at it from the standpoint of real estate, why in the first place? What was your initial thought? David, you know, why, why did you get involved into it? Sure. It's all connected. Okay. All connected. This spiritual life journey that I've been on, there Mm -hmm. is not one step that was gone on that I should not have gone on. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very grateful for the perspective that it's given me. And what happened was is through real estate, Mm -hmm. I believed that I would have another opportunity to serve people. Okay. And so, um, it started out just like my Marine Corps career. Mm -hmm. I wanted to serve. I figured I could help people have a better real estate transaction and a better real estate experience hmm. than the one that I had initially. And wow. uh, so I started helping people out, just being of service, had no idea that people were tracking numbers and hmm. ranking each other and, uh, or anything like that. There was competitions. 
And then uh, somewhere along the way, I lost myself to some of that. Wow. And the growth became too much for me to handle. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't important to me. And wow. so I lost that. I took my thumb off the pulse of my business. Sure. And uh, it no longer became something that I felt was representative of me. Wow. And, and I love the fact that you're talking about service and, and, and serving and continually doing that from one career to another. Um, I, I do want to dive a little bit deeper onto this topic because, uh, you know, on the particular show, we don't have a lot of these, these deeper perspectives, the thought process of, I don't want to say burnout, but, but thought process of I've hit the peak of the mountain and I've done these and I've hit the numbers and I've grown through and now I'm feeling like I'm not myself. Mm-hmm. So I guess if anybody who's watching or listening to this, David, if you could give them any perspective on what that was like for you and why essentially you made that decision and what advice you give to them, if they're dealing with that portion of, of burnout or, or too much, or they've hit the peak and now what, anything along those lines? It's a beautiful question. And I can tell you that there's actually a name for what I went through and that is, a, that is called autistic burnout. And wow. uh, everybody does go through something. And so what I did was I went through a trip inward. I discovered, okay. I ended up writing this book and I went through autistic burnout and mm-hmm. what that experience was. And I realized that there's a lot of people that are on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. that believe that they, they can't move past PTSD. And wow. so I went into that. I don't want to go into it too much, okay. but then I went on a more spiritual journey through Zen business, a much thinner book, which okay. just came out recently. And the big thing for me as an introvert, what I learned mm-hmm. was that these spiritual figures, they don't at these times of transformation, go around asking everybody what they think. What do you think? What do you think I should be doing? Well, can I get your input on my life? Coach, therapist, religious consultant. Instead, they say, what is important authentically to me? Hmm. What am I? What am I not? And so when Jesus went to the desert to, to fast, and I'm hmm. not a Christian, but I have a great deal of respect for Jesus, sure. the stories, the parables, Jesus went to the the desert to fast. And Mm. what he did was he stepped away from everything. He took Mm. a step into silence. And that's what we're doing right now as a culture. We're Mm. sort of going into the desert. And what I want everyone to remember, before we start going out there and rebuilding our businesses Mm. and sprinting forward and hustling to hustle and grinding to grind, maybe we should have that discussion with the devil that says, uh, you know, the devil tempts Jesus and he says, These are all of the things which can be yours Mm. if you stick around, if you just kneel to me. Mm. Who are we going to kneel to going forward? And what do we want when we come out of the desert? And so Jesus, I believe, experienced nirvana, Mm. which is that I'm enough. Yeah. I've made it. I can now take a step towards my life goals, knowing that I may never get there. Mm. And then go to Cheetah which is the altruistic service of other sentient beings. Hmm. Uh, and, and when you're talking about that, and there's a lot of people in the perspective, as you said, they're dealing with this now, right? They're having that time in the desert, as you say, um, where they're really focusing inward and, and why they're doing what they're doing and how they're driving and, and, and essentially what they're really reaching for and, and what are the desired factors for that. So I, I do want to, to shift into that portion because David, you've had transitions and evolution in your life and your career. And I love the fact that you're totally open to be sharing all this information with everybody's watching and listening. And when I look at that, 
what has been your driving force? What has been your why? Uh, what really has gotten you excited out of bed every morning doing what you do, the level you do it at, but into now, right? I mean, so what, what, what kind of is a deeper dive into you, that, that driving force? It's another great question. So going into the desert, being alone, um, figuring out all of the things that not only define you, but what you are not, mm-hmm. what you are not, and then sort of realizing that everything is connected, going into it and then rebuilding this business. Mm-hmm. And there is a tendency amongst us to say, what are your goals for the year? How can we track your success? Right. How can I make sure that you are better six months from now than you are currently? Mm-hmm. What is broken about you? And so what Zen business is, is instead of going into somebody and saying, what's broken about you? Hmm. What's fundamentally flawed? Finding what is good, what is beautiful, Hmm. understanding that you are whole, that you are not broken, and then taking that first step forward towards whatever it is that you want. And the thing is that shifts at any given moment. Like Hmm. right now, my why is speaking to you. Hmm. I'm enjoying this conversation. I've time blocked it into my life to allow me to be present Hmm. so that I can give these long-winded conversations, have this long-winded conversation without worrying about what I have to do next. Sure. So I can be here. The biggest problem with most real estate agents is that we are never present. Hmm. We go to the open house. We're not present at the open house. We feel bad about what we're doing at the open house. Hmm. We go to the, uh, go home at the end of the day. And because we didn't have a good open house, we feel guilty about being at home with our family. Unreal. And so we have to make these choices, stop living in guilt, stop measuring the how much business have you done, but how have you done that business? Hmm. I, I think that that's a beautiful perspective for everybody to look at it, especially not being uh, as difficult or, or harsh on ourselves when we're in those situations as far as business and balance and family and and, and, and passions. I, I think that being in the moment, as you said, is, is such a rarity. And I appreciate that, David, that you, you really are here. And I, I'm, I'm always here in that moment, you know, with every single Titan. And I think that that's, that's a true testament to conversation and, and having those intimate conversations with intention. Uh, I think that more of us should be doing on a regular basis. And it's nothing, nothing to do with business. I mean, these are our friends, our families, uh, you know, people that come in and go out of our lives, you know, whether you're traveling around. And I think that we could learn so much from each other if we just took that one piece uh, of driving force into why is being intentional with our time and who we're with. And um, I, I just love the fact that you air this stuff out because everybody's thinking this. They're like, yeah, you're right. I was at an open house and I did feel horrible. Or yeah, I, you know, I was late for my kid's soccer game because I was you know, finishing up a, a contract negotiation. I was stuck on the phone halfway. I mean, there, there's so much uh, t- tug of war, right? And, Correct. I, and I that's think- because... We're all questing for balance. Yes. We're all saying, um, like what you said, you said uh, at the business or the church or at home or with the family. And then I think that to realize that all of it is one connected life. Mm -hmm. And in order to put on the business hat and the church hat and the family hat, at some point we have to say, the people that I work with at business, they're not my family. Mm -hmm. They are not of me. They are separate from me. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can operate in an authenticity, which allows me to say that you are not only my brother, you are my family. It will allow us to look at everything through uh, a truth and perspective, which allows us to see people for what they are, which is not separate from us. And then when we can stop separating people from us, we can stop feeling like we need to separate our time. 
we can be authentically in the moment so that when I'm done with, with this interview, I could go and hang out with my kids in the pool and not feel guilty about it. Hmm. I can't always be responsive to the world or reactive to the world because it leaves no room for intentionality. Wow. <laughs> David, this is, this is so on point with everybody who's watching or listening to this. And I know that it's hitting the hearts and minds of everybody really deeply. And I want to, um, I want to dive a little bit deeper onto the growth factor um, oh. because you have been at the top of the mountain when you're talking about that um, as far as production and this, but it, there's so much more than just volume and production and numbers we discussed. There's that balance factor. So if you could give a piece of advice or two out there to anybody who's watching or listening, a few things that you had added or adjusted to your business or your life that really you, you saw a, a better growth pattern or a better balance pattern. Um, what does that look like for you? First off, I want to give a little bit of love to somebody that's watching a fellow Marine, a brother of mine, somebody that I am authentically engaged with in changing this world, uh, changing ourselves, having the real conversations. And that's in coma hose. Uh, fellow fellow Marine, somebody that I love dearly. So um, what are we what are we doing right now as far as adding to the business? And I think that the first thing that I had to do was to take away okay. from the business, become less of what I don't enjoy. Hmm. And so I think that the things that we do is we overcommit ourselves. We overcommit awesome. ourselves to growth. We overcommit ourselves to productivity. We overcommit our days before we live them. And hmm. then when we get there, we realize that there is no day for us to live and be present. And so we set up these dream boards and it says, I am going to hold myself accountable six months from now to the me that I am today. And then every step along the way. Well, I hope that that person that you are six months from now is a more fully realized and developed person. And so I think that the first thing that I did was I took away. Okay. I took the, the true warrior and this is one of the things that I go into in Zen business. Love it. Consults no one else hmm. when it comes to their business. I don't need a bunch of other voices telling me what I should and should not be doing. I know what I should and shouldn't be doing. Why am I not doing it? Or That's why? The, yeah. Right? That's the question. Yeah. That's the important thing. And those are the, the sometimes painful questions that we need to answer. Hmm. Or why am I doing so much of it here that I'm neglecting my family life? Hmm. Or why am I so into my family that I'm afraid to step out into business that I'm essentially living in death, spiritual hmm. death, hmm. unwilling to move. And so when I look into what I'm adding, there was a couple of things that I added. Hmm. Um, I did the brokerage was less important to me. Sure. What is authentically important to me is a platform for diversity of thought. Hmm. And so um, I believe in Tristan Almada. I yes. believe in Nick Baldwin. Hmm. I believe in lab coat. And I believe that this is the place where we can have the sort of highbrow thought that we're not allowed to have otherwise. There right. is no platform for it. So what are the real conversations? And Nick Baldwin wrote the foreword to my book. He hmm. contributed his time to it. Wow. And you are a fellow moderator and you reached out to me and you said, how can we reach more people? What are you doing? And so I'm very grateful for the platform. LabCoat was a big ad for me. Sure. Stop focusing so much on what I'm doing locally. Hmm. Start focusing on my family. Wow. Start focusing nationally hmm. on hearts and minds and less on the dollar because the dollar will come when you stop worrying about it. Well right. Said. Just like you talked about happiness. Hmm. Happiness will come when you stop worrying about it. Right. The meaning of life is not to be happy. We're hmm. not put here to be entertained. Wow. Right. We also weren't spent here to walk a hundred years along. Hmm. So how do we put our hands onto humanity 
when we realize that these hands belong to God, hmm. and then we stop separating ourselves from God. Uh, David, when you're talking about that, I mean, I'm, I'm getting chills because there, there's so many huge developmental takeaways and deep thought processes that are there that aren't just the, the typical, well, I'm adding this system, I'm adding this tech, I, I push this marketing out, I'm cold calling, I'm doing, I mean, you're speaking so much past that. And, and all those actions that I just mentioned are meaningless without everything that you just mentioned. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. You, know, you know what I'm saying? You weren't put here at the end of your life. If we're talking about how much real estate you sold. Yeah. You, you know what? You kind of missed the point here, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of missed the point yeah. on this planet. So thank you for acknowledging that. That's the truth. And, and the fact that you had mentioned Nick and Tristan, I mean, uh, it is an honor to, to work with, you know, just like-minded individuals and just so many brilliant people from all over and, and really collaborating and coming together. And I think that more of us should be looking at it from that standpoint. And an additional takeaway, um, not everybody's as fortunate as you or I to, to be a part of that direct group as a moderator, but still being a part of a group or a mastermind or, or a local thought leader in your community, 100%. make a difference. I mean, and, and, and really better the lives of the people that are around you, but then how are you reaching out past that? And uh, we live in a day and age with technology and digital aspects that you can do these things. I mean, we can have conversation. You're in California, I'm in Colorado, and we're having this conversation Isn't like I'm sitting beautiful? right next to you. It's, it's Isn't incredible. That part of the evolution of business that we needed to have for so long is this sort of connectivity of the people. Mm -hmm. And so I cannot work with people that I don't love. Right. I naturally love every person that I meet, hmm. sort of a, a character default. Sure. They have to earn my distrust. Sure. And so Tristan and Nick have never left me out to the cold. Mm -hmm. They've always left a room for me. And this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Last month was Autism Awareness Month. Wow. And they gave me a platform to be okay, wow. to go to come back once I've healed sure. because I was speaking in Coronado when I was making $600,000 a year. Right. But now when I come back and I say, Hey, listen, that's not so much important to me, mm -hmm. but what are the conversations that I could have with people at $150,000 a year right. or $200,000 a year without getting lost up in everything else? Because mm -hmm. what will we, when we've left this earth, are they going to put our numbers where we were ranked in transactions <laughs> on our gravesite? No. Are our children going to talk about how much real estate we sold? And so in order to be defined by this, we have to ask ourselves deeper questions. Mm -hmm. And so my business is not my business. It's my mm -hmm. spiritual practice. Wow. My family is not my family. They don't belong to me. Mm -hmm. It's my spiritual practice. When I walk alone, when I write my books, they don't belong to me. I'm releasing them out into the world. Mm -hmm. It is my spiritual practice in life and it's not connected. And we don't have to wear different hats. Wow. We don't have to find balance. It's all there. And, and you said it in, in so much detail. I, I mean, I, I love that, David. I, I could go on and on and, and just dive deeper into that one portion. But you had mentioned when we're talking about it from that standpoint, uh, real questioning, deep questions. And this next question is pretty deep. Uh, it's the challenge question. Now, I, I ask every Titan the same way, but we all have challenges, struggles in our lives, personally, professionally, no one's exempt. But uh, I'm a firm believer. It's not so much what happens, what you learn, what you can share and grow from. So David, if you're comfortable sharing a challenge you dealt with that you've really learned from and overcome, whether it's personal or professional, Absolutely. what's that look like for you? So the thing is about our challenges is we believe that our pain is what divides us. Hmm. Our pain is what connects us more deeper to humanity. If we have the courage to be vulnerable, 
Right. And that's something that I'm not the only person that's talking about this. Brene Brown is talking about this, the courage of vulnerability hmm. and how much more honest can I be than to tell with you that I've considered taking my own life, hmm. that I've considered checking out because that is my connectivity. To, my connection to the humanity is that I've been there, that I could look at people and I could say, listen, I know what it's like to break down hmm. to the absolute lowest point in your life to start looking at yourself and wondering, is this life truly improved for the ones around me because I am here, hmm. right? Or am I a net loss? Wow. And that's what it ultimately came down to me when I had a loaded gun sitting next to me and I was writing letters and I determined, I said, if I can write a letter to every person that I love and explain to them why I made the, the conscious decision to end my life, then I can continue forward with it. And it was sort wow. of a practice that I held my feet to the fire on. Mm. And what this is, is this is actually a Zen meditation. It's okay. die before you die. What will I move forward with when I have broken myself down beyond reason? Unreal. And what I understood was I wanted to live. Hmm. I wanted to live. So if I want to live, why should I act for one moment like I don't want to be here? Hmm. Why should anything in my life become mandatory? Well, David, I have ties to my family, my business, X, Y, Z, et cetera, and so forth. And what I can tell people is that your family, they'll go on. Your kids will be okay eventually. Mm -hmm. Your sure. business will go on. You need to be in, in touch with yourself mm -hmm. in order to take that journey outward. And wow. so when I talk to people about suicide, when I talk to people about mental health, yeah. the truth is, is I'm talking to the most authentically real honest and beautiful human beings hmm. in their most authentically real time that they've ever experienced in their life. And they're telling me with honesty and with transparency, I'm considering ending my life. I have considered ending my life. And wow. what they've done is they've stared into the precipice. They've stared into the void. They've hmm. looked out and they've said, do I want to be here? Hmm. And at that point they made a conscious decision to decide, yes, I do. And the brief analogy that I want to give before I move forward here, uh, yeah. um, yeah is in the Marine Corps, we talk about mandatory fun days. We talk about making it so that people have to show up and spend time with their family as a unit. Okay. I think this is a horrid practice. Hmm. It makes us look at life like it's mandatory. Hmm. Having a mandatory this or a mandatory that, there is nothing about life that is mandatory. Right. Once you realize that at this moment, you do not have to go on, everything else becomes the bonus round. Hmm. Now, what will you do with your life going forward? <laughs> when you're talking about that, David, I mean, it's, it's touching so many chords um, for so many people that are watching or listening to this. And, and when you're talking about something as, as deep as ending your life and, and having that thought process, there's so many people out on this planet who are dealing with those thoughts, who are dealing with depression, who are shunned away, that it's, it's taboo to talk about, to, to have a, a therapist as, as if it's something that's not right. I mean, uh, you know, if you feel sick, you go to a doctor, doctors are doctors. And if you need help, you need to have a conversation, have it. Um, but being intentional with that thought process and, and, and understanding that you're right, nothing is mandatory. I mean, you don't have to be sitting here right now. I don't have to be sitting here right now. I mean, there, there's a million other things that we could both be doing or anybody who's watching or listening to this right now. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible. The depth of the way that this conversation is going, but I, I, I the silver lining one step forward. Oh, yes, please, please. So I think that what you said was something really beautiful. You said there should be essentially no shame associated with going forward and talking to a therapist. Mm -hmm. And I believe that. 
But I think that dwelling on therapy or expecting somebody else to fix you Mm -hmm. is also broken thought. So we look at our real estate coaches. We Mm -hmm. look at our, you know, our therapist. We look at our government leaders. Uh We look at whatever to fix us when really the keys to the castle lie within us. Right. You are not broken. You have never been broken. At no point in your life has anybody had to go into your life and say, Greg, you're not, you know, like you have to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Ultimately, the decision was with you to right. continue to go forward. And so I think that there's a great amount of power that goes with recognizing that, mm-hmm. that we deny ourselves. Wow. There's this sort of recognize where you are right now. Understand where you are. Like that's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Greg, you need to understand where you are right now. Let's have a real face-to-face. Let's have a face-to-face meeting. You know, come to Jesus. Well, yeah. you know what? Accept where you are as a beautiful thing. Right. Look at the person that mm-hmm. looks at you in the mirror at the end of the day and love that person now, wholly and completely, without yeah. taking another step forward. When you can do that, when you can cherish yourself, you can cherish other people. You can wow. cherish your kids. You can cherish your clients. You can cherish your business. And so I think that there, that comes from an authenticity. Yeah. So something as simple as having a conversation with you without worrying about smiling. Hmm. I'm autistic. I don't want to mask. I don't want to smile. It's not something that comes naturally to me. Hmm. And so being able to tell you, I love you, Greg. I love you for the platform that you're doing. Hmm. That You're creating a platform that can bring this message forward to other people. All of these open-ended conversations that you're willing to have. I love you for the service that you're willing to give to other people authentically without a smile, without a caveat, without trying to qualify it and say, no, but you know, no homo or no this, no that. <laughs> no, authentically. Thank you, Greg Fowler. I love you and I appreciate for what, you do, for what you're doing. For the conscious decision that you have made, not only to wake up today, but to continue to serve humanity. I love you for just who you are right now, sitting in front of me, without faking anything. Because that's how people should be loved. That's how I would like to be loved beyond the plasticity that we are promised. I mean, David, thank you uh, so much for saying that. And, uh, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint is more of us really need to have those thought processes in our lives and and look at who we can say those things to and and appreciate every moment because it's promised to no one. And I know that people talk about time being fleeting and, you know, that's the number one commodity and, and all these different processes that are going through. But the fact that you, you can address somebody uh, like that and, and have those, those emotions that are coming through. I mean, it's absolutely touching. And I, I think that at the end of the day, that's a, a beautiful example for what all of us really should be reacting more to and, and be more appreciative and more understanding and, 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 and verbalize it not just think these things because at the end of the day, there's so many of us who, who just hold things back. And, you know, I I learned this years and years ago, just paying someone a compliment and a genuine compliment, as you said, being truthful, you don't know what kind of impact that's going to have on someone's life. And that's a beautiful thing to say. Yeah. I I just, that's the truth. The thing is, is we want so often to be listened to and we want to be validated. Mm -hmm. Aren't we lucky that we get so many opportunities to do both for people. We get to listen to and validate our children. Mm -hmm. We get to listen to and validate our buyer's agents, our, you know, business associates, one another. And take a moment to just shut up Mm -hmm. and listen to somebody. 
is extraordinarily healing. To give somebody the gift and the value of your moment, your now, the only thing that you could quantifiably prove to me that exists, you have to love them. You have to authentically love them. Because if you're only listening to somebody to think about how can I benefit from this situation? And that's what we do too often. Right. That's what we do too often with coaching. That's what we do too often as brokerages. That's what we do too often as leaders. How can I benefit from this person? How can this person be of, you know, how can I utilize them to benefit me? Right. And the truth is, is going out and leading with the service instead of thinking, what can I get? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the, the, the real service is about. That's servant leadership. Wow. And uh, when we look at how to win friends and influence people, mm, great you know, he mm-hmm. starts with giving to people, yeah. figuring out what somebody wants and needs. And that's not a form of manipulation if you're looking at doing it through authenticity and through service. Right. And I would agree with that 100% when you're talking about, um, you know, the service portion and, and, and giving and not expecting the, the reciprocal portion. You know, and I think that there's, there's too many of us it's not to, to, to base it off of, oh, well, you know, we're judging people because they're in it for themselves. And there's a lot of people that are, and, and they're very self-serving and that that's okay. We're not judging. But at the end of the day, if we were all more giving of our time and our advice and, and our ear, right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and our emotions in that standpoint, all of our lives would be better. Uh, any Absolutely. relationship and anything that's going on and the intention is going through is I love what you were saying earlier, as far as the money, uh, and that's not the, the the forefront, right? You're doing things the right way by the right people to, to really make a positive impact. And that money, you know, it, it's there. It's the byproduct in a way. Um, but to me, that's not the the, the scorecard. And, and again, we're speaking to an audience that's highly driven, that's highly motivated, that's, uh, you know, that is all- I'm appreciating this platform so much. Yeah. It's, this is not, you know, this is not the platform that's aimed at, you know, the gooey people. It's and I not. think I'm a gooey person. This is a platform that is for your high D, driving, intense, hustling, grinding people. And that's why those are the people that I need to reach. Correct. Because I could tell you that when I wrote the Machine Gunner's Guide to Real Estate, Mm -hmm. when I was 10Xing my life, when I was sacrificing today for tomorrow, Mm. I was in pain. I was hurting. I was hustling for the sake of hustling. I was looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. And I can tell you that when I wrote this book, you know, the, the Eastern approach to the Western business climate. Hmm. The thought of the West in the Western business is very easy to think of. The sure. fast cars, mm-hmm. the, 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 the money, the women, the sex, right. the houses, the luxury real estate. But if we took a moment to think about how we're really serving people and then value the person at 200,000 just as much as the, two mil, the person at 2 million Correct. without that being lip service, mm-hmm. We'll really figure out who the hell we are. Yep. We'll really figure out, you know, if we start looking at every person that walks into the open house, like, how can I serve this person today? Hmm. Not, do you currently have an agent? Um, what's your price point? Wow. Are you guys qualified? Are you working with the lender? Hmm. We ask all of these questions and they disqualify. They don't disqualify our clients. They disqualify us. Sure. They disqualify us from being worthy of helping them. Hmm. If somebody can walk into my open house and I can serve them, which is 100% of them, a fellow agent walking in. Hmm. If somebody could walk into my open house and I could serve them, I'm of value. I've got my hand on the pulse of life. Right. If I start disqualifying who I can and cannot help, oh, you're renting? Oh, you know what? I don't work with renters. I don't know anyone who works with renters. Best of luck. Good luck, guys. Don't get on Zillow. <laughs> That's not going to be the right way to do it. 
But if I could look at people and I can know for a fact, if somebody walks into my open house, I can serve them. Wow. Then I'm not going to disqualify them. Somebody looked at my haircut when I got started in this mm -hmm. and they decided that because I was a Marine active duty and they could tell by my haircut that they were disqualifying me from being able to buy the house that they were sitting open. Unreal. Not what house can I show you eventually? She laughed at me when I told her my budget. And that was one of the things that really drove me to get into real estate was thinking about the way that that person made me feel. Wow. She said, what is your budget? I said, my budget is 240,000. Mm -hmm. And she said, ha 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 ha. Good luck with that. I said, oh, no. how much is this house listed for? 425,000. I said, ha 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 ha. Good luck with that. And I walked out of the open house. It hurt. It was painful. I lashed back. Right. Mm. But at the end of the day, was she trying to serve me? Was she interested in bettering my life? No. And so when somebody walks in, whether they are a nosy neighbor, mm -hmm. and I hate that term, <laughs> sure. whether they're a nosy neighbor, whether they're another real estate agent, whether they're a looky-loo, whatever it is that they are, why are you disqualifying them and how you can help them? Are you not a real estate expert? Do you not have the time? Mm -hmm. Is this not an at-bat? Are you not filling your pipeline? You never have to keep up with the pipeline. You never have to call people all the time if they just know what you do and know that you will serve them at any given point. Wow. And then when it comes time for them to buy and sell real estate, there's no question about who they're going to contact. They're going to contact you. And so wow. when people talk about, David, how much time do you spend dialing? David, how much time do you spend doing this? I don't spend any time dialing. Uh -huh. I don't spend any time prospecting. My clients call me because they want to call me. Yeah. I work with them because they want to work with me. <laughs> I don't beg for work. I don't list, I don't go on appointments against seven other agents. I respect the grind. I respect the hustle. Sure. That's not where I'm at right now. And for me, more is not more. Hmm. There comes a breaking point where when I am like, okay, how much money do I need to make? Hmm. It's not about that. And it's not about the numbers, but hmm. I can tell you who can't live on two transactions a month. I mean, like before I got into real estate and I was looking at, you know, two transactions a month. I was thinking if I could do a transaction every other month, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And then I got into real estate and everybody was like, Hey, you should do more. <laughs> You're very, you should get in a luxury. You should start a team. You wow. should, you should, you should. Hmm. And I had more fun in my first year in real estate working by myself. Wow. I had a ton of fun in my second year building a small team. Hmm. I even had some fun in my third year as a team started to get big. But in my fourth year, I had no joy whatsoever in running a massive team, a massive brokerage. I lost my connection with myself. I had no time for me. There was no me time. My days were scheduled out before I was living them. Wow. And how can you be authentically present when you have no influence over your own day? I mean, there's so much truth to all that you were just stating out there. And, and there's so many of us, you know, they're watching and listening when you're looking at it. Gosh, our days are structured. We have all these things. But the point is to have perspective, to have thoughts. Don't just go along that day. Don't just go along that thought process because everyone has or you've done this for years. You can change. You can evolve. You can become a different version of yourself. And yes, it might be higher producing or lower producing. But at the end of the day, are you happier? Are you more spiritually, mentally? Are you, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, you know, relationally, health-wise, are you more successful? Because it's not yes. just about the money. And, and again, I think that this is why I love these conversations, David. These are, these are real truthful conversations. Not, oh, how was the weather? How are the sports teams doing? I mean, when- What are your stats? Where I are you mean, from? That, that's, that to me is just, 
the easiest level of non-paying attention, waiting for your chance to respond, and then moving through the process. And this is this is what people really need to deeply have. And I'm so honored that you you're taking the time to do this. And as you were talking about your first year and your second year and your third year, this question ties in beautifully with this. And this is not for the sake of traveling back in time and changing anything that you lived with or dealt with because you're the man who you are today because you dealt with that, positive or negative. But Correct. if you could travel back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, any time frame, any age range, what would you say to younger David? At any given point in my life, I would have told myself that uh, the first person who you need to learn to love, the first person whose approval that you need to earn um, is your own. Hmm. The first person that needs to learn to love you is you. And until you can love you, you really have no hope in ever having anybody else be able to authentically love you because are you presenting you or are you presenting an image of what you think they should love? Mm. The team leader that everybody should love. Mm-hmm. Are you presenting the husband that everybody should want to be married to? The mm-hmm. father that everybody wishes was their dad? Or are you being David Serpa? Are you being Greg Fowler? Are you mm-hmm. being in coma hose? And I think that when I look at these things, like that would have been my advice. And what you said, or in the second piece of advice mm-hmm. would be, to go with the flow, wow. stop sacrificing, stop hustling, stop grinding. You have no place that you need to get to. There is no finish line. Hmm. And so for me, this exploration through Zen and uh, the, the, the audiobook is out now. And I brought oh, this up a couple, couple of times. This saved me, this hmm. mindset of understanding that I am whole, that I am enough. And then understanding that through Taoism, hmm. through flow, Okay, through the spiritual enlightenment that comes with being connected to, to your body in martial arts. Hmm. And uh, martial arts was founded by one of the founders of Zen. Huh. There is no disconnection when we look at our body uh, in our mind. It is wow. one spiritual complete connection. And hmm. so when you start meditating or you start you know, doing Taekwondo or you start you know, doing yoga or you just start spending a little bit of time alone with yourself, writing, hmm. journaling, you understand that the structure isn't necessarily what's important. What's mm-hmm. important is uh, loving the flow, loving every bit of that water from it coming down from that cloud, mm-hmm. falling down into the, the additional on the land, pulling with other bodies of water, going down into a, a pond, eventually into a river, flowing towards the ocean and eventually coming one with everything. There mm-hmm. is no point in which you should not enjoy that journey. And so my challenge to everybody right now who's watching is, uh, did you do a dream board? Hmm. Did you do a business plan? And what a lot of us do is we do these five-year business plans and we do these dream boards and whatnot. Did you account for COVID-19? Did we manifest COVID-19? I don't don't know. Some people are saying that they did. Some people are. But the thing is, is honoring that death cycle Hmm. and then coming out of it and understanding you don't have to build a dream board. Right. You don't have to build a business plan. Mm-hmm. You don't have to build a perfect daily schedule. You don't have to pay a coach. You don't have to pay a therapist. Mm-hmm. You don't have to see a re- religious consultant or a tax consultant to understand what you need to do right this moment wow. in your life and in your business. Mm-hmm. And if there's some of this that is resonating with you on a spiritual right. and emotional level, I really hope that whether you're a spine breaker Hmm. And you want to get an Amazon and order this in hard copy or whether it's an audible thing. Yeah. Um, 
I dumped my life and my pain and my lessons and everything into something very structured. And what I feel like is something very beautiful that could help people so that they don't have to learn the lessons that I learned the hard way. Wow. David, when you're talking about that, and there, there's so many, obviously, huge takeaways and, and information that we can apply to today. And I think that's the point is that we can really be looking at our perspective in our lives and trying to improve, you know, aspects that make sense to us and not having to just put a bandaid on something and hoping that it fixes it. And I, I really, really appreciate your perspective that way. You had mentioned uh, a few books that are going on. I happen to be a spine breaker, as you say. Uh, so I, I absolutely enjoy that. There, there's nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, Audible or anything along those lines, and I get it in anywhere I can. But I do want to break down your books a little bit and then talk about Feeding the Mind. Um, you, if I understand correctly, you're an author of three and soon to be four books. Correct. So I would like to, uh, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about uh, each book so far and then kind of what we're expecting for book number four. Um, Absolutely, I'd love to do that. Kind of going into the process of other books, you know, that you read or enjoy, podcasts you listen to how you're feeding your mind in general, masterminds, that sort of thing. So, Okay. Um, so thank you for that question. I yeah. appreciate that. For so sure. the first book, I had a complete mental breakdown. Uh, you could listen to the sample for uh, the Machine Gunner's Guide to Real Estate and understand okay. that that's what happened. Okay. But I recorded it. And I wrote like a 600-page book in three weeks. Wow. Now, I didn't realize I was on the autism spectrum at that time. I was dealing with a lot of pain. There's a lot mm -hmm. of nuggets in there. I don't recommend the book. Okay. So I would, I would avoid my first book. Unless <laughs> the you know, honesty. Like, the honesty here, everybody. This is great. I would give the, my first book like two stars. And I'm just going to go ahead and be uh, honest with you. Because <laughs> the thing is, is there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of honesty for a very niche market of like combat veterans transitioning into real estate or lending. Wow. That might be the book for you. Okay. For the rest of you, that might not be it. You know what okay. I mean? Okay, fair so enough. So my second book that I wrote um, that there is not an audible for, okay. but uh, it's – Unmasking Asperger's Syndrome, All the World's a Stage. Okay. And I talk about the discovery realizing that I'm autistic, mm -hmm. what it's like living with autism. Wow. I give advice for educators, for parents, for people who are married to people who are on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I dive very deep into everything. Wow. There is no Audible. It is available on spine breaking. But uh, this is, it was a journey for me. Okay. And uh, so some people have really enjoyed it. I've spoken at some different autism groups and uh, whatnot because of it. And I've helped some people kind of discover that they're autistic. Wow. Not just their children are autistic, but they have a mom or dad that's on the spectrum as well. Unreal. This is the book that I'm really proud of. Okay. And it's because it's, uh, it's less is more. This is something that I struggle with, right? Sure, sure. Saying less or saying more with less. And uh, this book was better than me. Um, I leaned on Alan Watts. I leaned on the Dalai Lama. I leaned on some sort of some of these big business uh, types and a big spiritual, you know, thought leaders. Hmm. And I dove into the samurai and um, Nirvana and Bodhicitta and meditation. Um, play. We don't play enough. If you can't play while you're working, hmm. if you can't play while you're serving, while you're serving, if you can't play with your family then you might have an aversion to play. Wow. And so like this right now for me, this is fun. I'm enjoying this, mm -hmm. this is play. Likewise. And, and scheduled play. And mm -hmm. so uh, intellectual play. So this, that's this. Okay. Now my fourth book, the book that I'm working on right now, mm -hmm. is called Common Sense for California. Mm -hmm. And it is a new revolution. And for, uh, without getting too politically driven and losing everybody that's listening, <laughs> I believe that we've been controlled by the left wing and the right wing of the same dirty bird wow. for very long. Hmm. I believe that we have rewritten history 
and we have not honored the Constitution. We kind of pick and choose which one of the Bill, uh, Bill of Rights we want to acknowledge. We won't kind of pick and choose which am amendments we want to hold um, mm -hmm. as true. And I think that we've absolutely done ourselves and our families and our children a disservice. And mm -hmm. so I've outlined so 20 points for fixing California. Okay. For having an honest third wing intellectual conversation about mm -hmm. some of the, the, the real things that we could do to fix our state, fix wow. our country, and uh, stop doing things that I disagree with. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we've been at war for over 18 years. Mm -hmm. And that kills me. As a machine gunner, I don't want our country to spend a whole hell of a lot of time and money and resources and lives in war. Right. I feel like we, we could fix this here. Mm -hmm. I feel like we could fix homelessness here. And so there's so many different things that I feel like in California specifically that we can do to address these situations that I don't want to alienate, or alienate um, the viewers here by talking about right now. Um, and then I'm feeding my mind right now with these last two books. Okay. With uh, Andrew Yang's War on Normal People, hmm. which was very interesting for me. And then The Populist Guide to 2020, um, cool. which is a show that I enjoy watching. And uh, so, yeah, that's that in order to answer that question as long-winded as humanly possible. <laughs> that was great, David. And seriously, uh, I'm going to have links in the comments down below, as always, so everybody can feed their minds and really check those books out. I know that I'm going to be priming several of those, especially, uh, you know, Business Zen when it comes down to that. I cannot wait um, to, to really dive into that book and, and learn so much. I mean, I just, I felt like this has been chock full of so much information as it was, David. And, and when you're talking about elevating and setting the bar, my friend, you are setting that bar really high. So, uh, you know, any future Titans that are out there, I mean, this is definitely the episode to really understand and share and, and, and be deep with your information out to the audience. And um, I'm just, I'm so honored that you took the time to do this, David. I mean, you have no clue. It's just incredible. Thank you, my brother. Let me say one, one more thing here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, then I'll, and then I'll let you go because sure. I think my kids want to hang out with me too. Um, I didn't set the bar high. The, the bar is my bar. It doesn't need to be anyone else's bar. No one else needs to come on here and talk about spirituality and God and the spiritual business or anything like that. They should come on here and they should talk about business, numbers, how to make it rain. If everybody come, came on here and talked like David Serpa, this world would be boring. We need everyone to be gooey. We need our prickly people. We need to stop making our uh, hexagons fit into square holes and you know all of that good stuff. So I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I appreciate right. the dialogue and the conversation and, uh, and the platform that, that you have um, for making people's lives better, the education. Thank you, my friend. Thank free. you. It should be abundant. I, I appreciate you saying that. It means a lot uh, coming from you. And, and, and I do want to, uh, I want to wrap everything up with a final question and then we're, okay. we're good to go. And uh, so when it comes down to that, if there's a quote or a mantra that mm. sums you up as a man, as a professional, what's that look like for David Serpa? Gosh, that's, wow, that's a, that's a big one. Um, so um, there's a couple of different ones. There's a lot of different uh, really beautiful quotes by, uh, by Mother Teresa, um, by Malcolm X, uh, by Martin Luther King. And uh, I could honestly go on and on and on with a whole bunch of different quotes. But I, there's a couple that are really important to me. And both of them happen to belong to Mother Teresa. And so... I'm going to sum them up really quickly. Yeah. The first one is this. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Hmm. Okay. And the second one is, and I'm going to murder this one and you're going to have to go look it up on your own here. I will. But mother Teresa says, everybody wants to come 
to uh, to her hometown, and my brain is getting ready to explode here, but um, to Calcutta. Everybody mm. wants to come to Calcutta. Mm. Stay where you are. Mm. You'll find Calcutta everywhere. Everywhere you go, there are people that are hurting, mm. that are disenchanted, that are disenfranchised, that are casted out. And so just by loving the person in front of you, love your clients, love yourself, mm. love your family, uh, but just take the time to understand that all of this garbage of happiness being the answer and all these different things, that's not the case. We weren't put here to just ride jet skis and ride off into the sunset, <laughs> right? We were put here to, have, to, to really place our hands on lives. And I, and I think that we don't have to go to Calcutta to do it. Hmm. You don't have to come to California to do it. You don't have to leave Colorado. Hmm. You don't have to leave your house. Whatever it is that your journey is, whatever it is that, whatever your jihad is, whatever your holy war is, whatever it is that you're committing yourself to, I think you should do it with reckless abandonment. Wow. And I don't think that you should define it for anyone else. And uh, for me personally, it's staying where you are. And for me, my home is California. Love I love California. A lot of people are dedicated to leaving the state. They want to give up on California. People all over the country are very frustrated with Californians, justifiably so, because they're like, fix your own state. And so I think that uh, the truth is, is I want to stay in California. I never want to leave. This is my home. Right. And if I'm going to stay here, I have to be willing to leave my children a better California than the one that I inherited. And the one that I inherited wasn't that freaking great. And so I feel like we have it within our power, as Thomas Paine said, one of our founding fathers, to start the world again. Wow. But in order to start the world again, we have to acknowledge our history. And we can't do it by quoting Thomas Jefferson, who owned 600 slaves. And we can't do it by talking about tyranny unless we're willing to really understand what tyranny really is and what it looks like. And those are the deeper conversations that we're going to need to have. Yeah. And I can tell you, you can't de-radicalize a radical by giving them retirement and letting them come home from the Marine Corps. And so I'm absolutely uh, dedicated to the individual, hmm. dedicated to the California, to the people, and uh, I, to you right now. And I appreciate your time, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on. David, it, 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 truly an honor and a pleasure. And I could have this conversation all day, every day when it comes down to it, because the depth of knowledge that you have and the perspective that you have, it, it's touched me. And uh, I just want you to know that I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy almost every conversation that I have in, in true knowledge basis, but this one has been one for the books for me, my friend. So I, I really, really, really enjoy that. Uh, when it comes down to it. So I do want to dub you as an official real estate Titan. So you are my friend, you're dubbed an official real estate Titan. So thank you so much um, and uh, for your time and, and everybody out there. Thank you so much as always for your time and attention, your love and support. If you like what we're doing here for real estate Titans, don't forget to like subscribe, you know how to do all that. Um, and we really, really appreciate that attention. Uh, I do have to give a shout out to our sponsor, Linebolt Media. If you're looking to grow and scale your business digitally to some of the highest of highs levels with uh, automation, leveraging tools, with the technical aspect, marketing and advertisement, check out lionboltmedia.com. We are live on Real Estate Titans every Tuesday and every Friday, a different Titan, a different location. Catch everybody in the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, David. Thank you.